It's finally here, everyone. The primetime event of the summer. I'm not talking about Top Gun. Come on, no. I'm talking about the official January 6th committee hearings. Yeah! They're going to be taking over our news feeds and jamming useless rhetoric through our ear holes for the foreseeable future. Get excited. And I get that this is a big deal for people. What leftist doesn't get all hot and bothered by the idea of trashing Donald Trump on prime time? But we all know this is just one big distraction tactic to help the average person forget for just a moment that they're financially drowning under sky-high gas prices and inflation rates. And the distraction is working so well. It's even overshadowed maybe the biggest problem Joe Biden has inflicted on us to date. A problem so huge. If people only knew about it, there'd be riots in the streets. Or at least, you know, the, the Asian foods aisle of your local Kroger. Yes, Sleepy Joe has dropped us in the middle of a sriracha shortage. That's right. According to sources, Sriracha is suspending production of their popular sauce due to lack of chili peppers. Damn it, Joe! You've gone too far this time. The American people will not put any food into our mouths that's as bland as you. We like freedom and flavor in this country, baby, and God help anyone who gets in the way of those. So go ahead, liberals, enjoy your January 6th fan fiction fest. I'm sure the special effects artists spared no expense, but you're gonna have to do it without your sriracha. Maybe you can stir some red food coloring into your mayonnaise and just pretend real hard that it's spicy. After all, isn't that pretty much exactly what the January 6th committee is doing? Stu does America. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go to subscribe to Blaze TV. I think you can still use Debunked for 20 bucks off. Give it a shot. If not, use Stu. You'll get saved 10 bucks. One of the two is going to be great. Rob Eno is here to celebrate the continuing downfall of the mainstream media. Biden's approval rating continues to drop so fast it might break the sound barrier. But we start by doing the January 6th Hail Mary. And that's really what it is here. I want to get into why in just a second. But this is just, it's the last play. You're desperate. You're just going to throw it up for grabs and hope somebody comes down with it. That's all you can do at this point if you're the left. This is the attempt. They've tried it with guns. They've tried it with abortion. They're going to try it with January 6th. These are all just Hail Marys over and over and over again. And so far, they're not being answered. Joe Biden's approval rating, let me give you this. You can say all you want, oh, how low it is. This is just a piece of scientific polling advice to any campaign who is out there trying to figure out what they should do with their administration. If you happen to be a president with your campaign, if you're a candidate, try not to make your approval rating chart look like an X. You don't want an X. The X shape is problematic. You have the approval and disapproval crisscrossing about, I don't know, maybe it was August or so of last year. And we've seen a continued spiral into despair for the Biden administration, now under 40 percent on the real clear politics average. Now, every once in a while, a poll comes out that has been was south of 40. And then there'd be one that would push it back up over 45. Now we're getting an average under 40. That is a disaster and, again, lower than any president in measured history. Joe Biden sucks. That's just the facts. I, I, you know, I, hope, you're, I hope you're on board with that because it's true. So what do you do? 
you got to do something. You can't just sit here and take a gigantic historic loss. you got to try something. And you're seeing the desperation get more and more and more, increasing and increasing every single day. Uh, the 39.7% is a real catastrophe. So why not put on a show? And the January 6th thing uh, is something we've talked, obviously, a lot about over the years. I'm not obsessed with it, like seemingly a lot of people are. I don't need to talk about it every single day. It was a bad day in our history. I'm not a fan of it. I don't like what happened that day. And, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm different than uh, some other conservatives. I don't know. I don't think so in reality. But the truth is, if we had an actual effort to understand what happened on that day, I'd be interested to hear some of the details. For example, I'd be interested to hear why our security efforts were so bad that day. I'd be interested to know that. If there is some grand scheme of of overthrowing the government at play, I'd surely like to know it and punish the people responsible. I'd like to know. I hope everyone went through all the footage and the people who did attack police officers that day. I want them to be punished. This is not something that like I'm cheering on. Great job, everybody, on January 6th. And if we had a real committee looking into this, someone, you know, a group of people who actually were fairly trying to understand what happened and how we can prevent something like this happening next time, because next time it might not be a bunch of people in funny looking hats. It might be uh, an, uh, an Al-Qaeda splinter group that tries to do something like this, and it could be a lot worse. So uh, we should learn things about our security. We should learn things uh, about um, what happened on that day. But this committee will do none of that. It will give you nothing. You will learn nothing from it. At least that's what I believe. And again, if it was a serious committee, serious committees don't reschedule their committees for primetime television. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. You don't schedule it like it's a television show. What's next? You got to bring in a television producer? Well, they did that too. The Democrats have brought in a television producer, the uh, January 6th uh, secret advisor, Um, James Goldston, he's the former president of ABC News. He uh, was a master documentary storyteller. He ran Good Morning America and Nightline. And he's joined the committee as an unannounced advisor, according to Axios. This is a television show. They are going for max impact. They actually uh, arrested a gubernatorial candidate uh, in Michigan on riot-related charges Again, as far as I can tell, it was a misdemeanor they're arresting him for. And they sent over all these cops and made this big show about it. Uh, The FBI got involved. I mean, really? Is that really necessary? We talked to a guy um, in prison uh, who has been in prison for over a year, sitting there with very light charges on him until this week, where they decided to throw sedition at him as well. We're seeing a lot of this happening. This is a planned rollout of a story. It is not an honest effort to get information about a serious issue. It is a story. It is a Dateline episode, and they want it to unfold just like that in primetime. Tim Poole asked a pretty uh, probing question, which we've asked here as well. Why isn't the assassination attempt on Kavanaugh the top of the news cycle? It's a really, really good question. Hmm, why isn't it at the top of the news cycle? Well, the problem is, of course, when you have a planned rollout of a news story that you can time exactly, well, uh, that takes precedent. 
you know, we've had these stories, we've had these things before that have happened here where we plan a big special, for example. A big special comes up. We've put a ton of effort into it. We're going to unveil, a, you know, Glenn's got some big chalkboard he's going to do. And then, like, the day before he's about to do it, after months and months of effort, a big news story breaks, and we just have to trash the thing. Uh, that sucks. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's basically kind of what's, what's going on here. They've been planning this rollout this entire time. They can't get a little bit of an assassination attempt against the Supreme Court justice to get in their way. No, no. They own this cycle. This is theirs. They've been planning for it for a very long time. They've been leaking details to their friends in the media. I mean, when I say friends in the media, I'm, they are the media. Half the people that are working for this committee are in the media or have careers that have been in the media. Uh, Cabot Phillips pointed this out on about CNN. They're just ignoring this completely. It's been 24 hours since the assassination attempt of a Supreme Court justice, and CNN doesn't have a single story about it on their homepage. I'm sure their lack of coverage has nothing to do with Kavanaugh's political leanings, though. Oh, no, of course not. Um, He uh, tweeted out uh, a link to the uh, homepage here. I mean, and look at it. Uh, Let me give you a couple things uh, that are on here. Uh, You see the smiling woman in the lower third in the middle, Uh, That story is called Confessions of a 1980s Flight Attendant. Hmm, that sounds pretty interesting. I mean, it sounds like a Cinemax special, to be be honest with you. I don't know what happened on a 1980s flight. I mean, maybe Joe Biden asked her to to check the seatbelt and then started sniffing her hair. I don't know what what the story could possibly be. But uh, you also have uh, the Webb Telescope's massive mirror is hit by a micro uh, uh, meteoroid. Uh, you have uh, Jeff Koons and his sculpture is going to be auctioned hmm. for Ukraine aid. Wow, that's, that's pretty exciting. Uh, Cabot Phillips also finds some other uh, exciting headlines uh, from CNN.com. The NFL's first out trans cheerleader readies for her Carolina Panthers debut. An 11-year-old gets plucks from the audience and stuns judges on America's Got Talent. And how Jared Kushner kept Donald Trump happy. Oh, I wonder what that could be. Uh, just so you know, a Supreme Court justice uh, was almost killed. And uh, the person who attempted to do it was charged with attempted murder. But is that important? I don't know. New York Times is another one. And now, people have pointed out this on their um, uh, uh, hard copy, their printed copies today. Here's the front cover of the New York Times. And you see a little circle, the very bottom of the page there on the left-hand side, a little circle, one little paragraph. And what it says is to go to page, I think it's A20. And if, when you do that, you get this incredible story about the assassination attempt on a sitting Supreme Court justice in the middle of the biggest Supreme Court uh, season we've ever seen. Uh, I noticed the same thing. Now, you maybe you say, okay, well, it happened technically at 1 a.m. yesterday. Uh, so now it's been, you have basically a whole 24 hours before the printed paper comes out. Maybe they didn't think it was breaking news. Now, of course, that's completely ridiculous. The story came, down, came out in the middle of the day. It was a big story all day. But even if you give them the break, I decided to look yesterday early evening to see what was on and how they were covering it. I honestly assumed that if I went to their app, I would find this story being the number one story. I really did. And that shows that even this jaded media observer can't be jaded enough. Ready? Here we go. Page one, top of the side. Trump set to be questioned under oath by New York AG next month. 
Wow, that's that's pressing. Scroll down a little bit. How Jared Kushner washed his hands of Donald Trump before January 6th. Here's a guide to watching the January 6th committee committee hearings, which begin on Thursday. I believe this was actually the very top of the uh, of the story. As survivors demand action, House passes gun bill doomed in the Senate. So a bill that we know isn't going anywhere is the top story, but not Supreme Court justice. Um, and attempted murder charges. That's nowhere. Okay, let's keep going. How South Dakota voters won a power struggle with GOP legislators. Hmm, I mean, look, I love South Dakota as much as anyone else. Usually the New York Times isn't leading their news with South Dakota stuff. Just throwing that out there. Representative Michael Guest, a Mississippi Republican, will face Michael Cassidy in a runoff. Tom Keene will face Tom Malinowski in what is shaping up to be New Jersey's most competitive midterm contest. Anything about Kavanaugh yet? No? Okay, let's go to uh, scrolling. Now, each one of these represents me having to scroll down my phone through all the stories. Now we're down to uh, scroll number five. Russia restores rail links and canal to cement hold on south. From the graveside to the front, Ukrainians tell of grim endurance. Hmm. Number six, progressive backlash in California fuels Democratic debate over crime. Now, there is some really interesting stuff about that story, but is it really, should it be above the attempted assassination of a Supreme Court justice? We promised to get her ice cream that evening. Uh, story about Uvalde. Uh, the Justice Department is aiming to finish an inquiry into the law enforcement response in Uvalde in six months. Uvalde, Texas, has seen two mass shooting plots in four years. Residents are asking, how could this happen? And then, all the way after scrolling through eight pages on the mobile app, you get this. Armed man travels to just Kavanaugh's home to kill him, officials say. All of that. All of that. Ahead of a sitting Supreme Court justice in the middle of the biggest Supreme Court session we can ever imagine and ever remember. And it's not even, it didn't even make the first seven mobile pages. Really? Really? It's really fascinating. Look, the truth is, this is a show. This whole January 6th thing that you're going to see tonight and you probably won't see, but many of, much of America will tune in. If they don't like Donald Trump, they're probably watching. It's a show. It's produced like a television show, and it's trying to give you a television show presentation of this information. Why? To solve the problem? To stop it from next time? No. To defeat uh, Republicans. And to be clear, they know they're going to lose this election. You never know how things turn out. Of course, Republicans are very, very good at blowing elections, so they could make more uh, noise than you'd think. But the truth is they know what position they're in. They are desperate beyond belief, and they are going to try anything, any Hail Mary, to try to win this game. And at this point, they're not even trying to win Republican seats. They're not even trying really to defend purple districts. They're just trying to defend with their base the bluest of blue districts so they can hold on to whatever remnant of power they can. This is a show. This is desperation. And the American people are not falling for it. It makes sense why people get life insurance, especially term coverage, which is affordable, 
So why not pay a bit, you know, each month and why not protect the ones you love? If you're asking yourself this question, you should choose Ladder. Ladder is 100% digital. There's no doctors, no needles, no paperwork. When you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, you just have to answer a few questions about uh, your health in an application. It's nice and easy. You need a few minutes and a phone or laptop to apply. Ladder has smart algorithms that work in real time, so you'll find out if you're instantly approved. No hidden fees. You can cancel anytime. Get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. Uh, ladder policies are issued by insurers with long proven histories of paying claims. They're rated A and A plus by AM Best. And since life insurance costs more as you age, now's the time to cross it off your list. Go to ladderlife.com slash stew today to see if you're instantly approved. It's ladderlife.com slash stew, L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash stew. Check it out. I'm joined once again by Blaze Media critic Rob Eno. Rob, how's it going? Yeah, pretty good. How are you? I feel like there's some room to be critical of the media today. So your job is 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 highly uh, valued. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a great. It's been a crazy week. It really it's been has. An absolutely crazy week. Let's start with we, we were just talking about uh, you know January 6th, the commission, the coverage of the of the Kavanaugh uh, or the lack of coverage from Kavanaugh. Let's start with January 6th though, because. Just the fact that they're putting it in primetime is such a signal that this is not a serious effort. This is just a show. Not only primetime, they hired the former (laughs) president of ABC News that used to run Good Morning America Mm. to produce it. It's a production. It's not a hearing. It's an actual production. All you need to know that it's going to be fake is that. And I love how they're like arresting everybody this week. You know, earlier today on on Thursday, they arrested a Michigan Senate or Michigan gubernatorial candidate, Republican gubernatorial candidate, you know, the day of the hearing. But there's no collusion between the FBI, the federal investigation and the hearings on Capitol Hill at all. And I would I honestly would like a like I at this point, it's so overblown, but like I wouldn't have minded. An, a serious effort to understand not necessarily that democracy was on the verge of collapse. It wasn't. It was a riot. But you know what? There are bad people involved there. I would like to know make, to make sure we got everybody who was beating the head uh, cops over the head with things like that's important to me. I, you know, the police should be uh, defended and, and anyone who committed violent acts or did real crimes like I'm totally fine with this. The issue, I think, here um, uh, is that the, the questions are not about why was our security response so poor, right? That's a, right. something I think the American people would like to understand. Yep. Instead, it's like, well, how do we make this about Donald Trump and bail ourselves out of this uh, midterm catastrophe? You know, what, you know, why did Capitol Police open the gates and say, come in? Like, like that That's might be question, something that right? we want to know about. Right. right. That might be something we want to know about. The, the majority of people that were in there were not violent. They mm-hmm. were kind of roaming the halls yeah. and looking around and going, I can't believe I'm in here, right? right? Yeah. You know, there's something else to be said. Because of COVID, the Capitol was closed on that day. The Capitol's never been closed on the day that the votes are counted either, right? Mm. I mean, there, there have probably been people in there protesting. I bet there have been liberals roaming the hall screaming <laughs> on other days like that because the Capitol's never been closed. So, you know, that's another big part of this is that, you know, the people have a right to redress their grievances. It was taken in a lot of cases badly that that we know. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's crazy that you have to say that. Mm -hmm. 
But, you know, I've been in state capitol buildings during budget hearings, and I've heard roving bands of leftists roaming the halls, screaming and banging on doors. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is something that the left does all the time. And I don't see those people in jail. No, you don't. Um, I'm fascinated, too, to see that this is the only thing the media seems to care about. Uh, they've built this up like it's the Super Bowl, right? Like they've had this thing. You know, the one thing that's great about the Super Bowl is if I was talking to my son the other day and he's like, Dad, where's the World Series this year? And I'm like, well, we don't know because the World Series is where is the home stadium of the two teams that make the World Series. The, the Super Bowl is not like that. You can plan your flight, you know, eight months in advance. You can book your hotel right now for the next Super Bowl. And that's what they're using this hearing as. They're seeing this as like this big event. We know when the timing is. We're going to put all of our resources behind it. We're going to coordinate arrests. We're going to do all the media pushes that we can to try to make this into uh, our thing to fend off the worst potential wave election anyone's ever seen. Right. And the day before this happened, somebody tried to kill a U.S. Supreme Court justice. And, no one because, seems to care. and nobody seems to care because it's against their narrative. This is all about changing the narrative. Gas is now at an average of over $5 a gallon across mm. the nation. People are upset. There was a poll in Massachusetts, and Biden's under 50% in Massachusetts. Which is, which is and on his handling of the economy is at 58% disapprove, right? I mean, in a poll in Massachusetts. That's a catastrophe. That's a catastrophe. Right, that is a catastrophe for the Democratic Party. Yeah, so they're trying to make it look like Donald Trump was the ringleader of this coup that took over the country when on issues that people care about, election integrity is now high up on the thing. I mean, the, the question in the room is, and, and I, I don't know if I'm 100 percent convinced that the Democrats didn't do things that affected the outcome of mm-hmm. this election, like ballot harvesting. We saw the lady in mm-hmm. um, Sam, Arizona, got, Arizona yeah. got arrested for mm. ballot harvesting. They could, but it was only 11. No, that's what the government said they could prove that she did. Mm-hmm. They thought she did a lot more. The, the margin of victory for Democrats in Arizona was 11,500. If she did 500, it only takes 24 of her across the state of Arizona to have affected the election. Right. But you can't ask those questions. I'd like to see hearings on that. Mm. I mean, I, I, and, 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 you know, what is the root cause of this? I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to every like every single election, no matter what the result is, always going back and looking for fraud. It, it right. should always be on top of it, whether it affected the election or not. Because but, that makes January 6th different it, it, if there was if there was. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Although, you know, the, the you know, look, it's it's not going to ever you're never going to never going to find out. Right, I'm just exactly. saying, right. Um, I, I think, though, like there's something going on, which I find interesting in that. The left is saying, "Okay, we want to distract from everything that's going on now. Let's bring it back to January 6th. Let's talk about the 2020 election. Let's put all the focus on there. I see a pushback, I think, from Republicans who feel the same way about Donald Trump, who say, wait a minute, let's not go back to 2020 election. I understand we might even think you're right on that point. But like, look at what's going on. You've got all the gas prices. You've got the border going on. You've got Ukraine, all this money going over there. All these big problems. And the president, and I understand, like, if you feel like you lost the election uh, because of fraud, why you'd be focused on it. But like, he's got a chance to win the election if he comes back here and focuses on what Joe Biden is doing. Right. And and it's he thinks it was stolen from him. He's focusing on it. People do need to move on. People don't care about the 2020 election at all. 
And they're going to see it tonight. Nobody's going to watch this thing. The only mm. people who are going to watch this thing are the diehard never-Trumpers who still think Joe Biden's doing a great job. <laughs> That's who's going to watch this thing tonight. Yeah. Other people are going to be trying to figure out how they can get gas, mm-hmm. probably getting a siphon kit so they can get the gas from their neighbor. <laughs> right? I right. mean, it's just, it's insane that this is what they're focusing on and this is what they think. It, it brings me back to the Obama years. I don't remember if you remember, what was it, in, um, in Harlem? And the congressman goes and like, hey, inflation's really low. I can't believe it. And, you know, the woman goes, what? He goes, well, yeah, because like an iPad has gone down in price. She's like, I can't eat no iPad. <laughs> I kind of do remember right? that clip. Yeah, remember yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, that's where we're at in their counterprogramming with this stuff. Yeah, it's insane. It really is bizarre. I, I want to go back to CNN here for a second because CNN is I, it, there are interesting things going on at CNN right now. The new guys come in. Chris Slick, is it? Chris Slick, L-I-C. Yeah. HT, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and there was a hope, I think, among some on the right and in the middle that would say, "Okay, look, CNN has always been left leaning, but at least at some point they tried to do news. They they had an right. attempt to do mainstream news, and look, there are times where that's really valuable, even if the tilt isn't exactly where you want it. Right. The the Ukraine war is a great example of it, in that like." It's, you know, the blaze is not going to have 12 reporters on the ground in, uh, you know, in Lviv. Like, we're just not going to we don't have those resources. CNN has them. Right. The New York Times has them. It would be great if we actually had real coverage of these events from time to time. There is a thought that with discovery coming in, maybe they try to turn from what they've been doing recently, which has just been this, you know, bad version of MSNBC and try to do real news. How's that going? It's going interestingly, right? I think that I think that Lick said no more saying everything's breaking because, you know, you'd look at CNN or look at the website and everything was breaking. A story from four days ago breaking was news. breaking mm-hmm. news yep. because they thought that that got people's eyeballs and got them interested in it. That's like, a good change, though. Yeah, It's a very good change because mm-hmm. not everything is breaking. It's breaking for like the first two hours that something happens, yeah. that it's trending. Right. You right. could say it's trending. Mm-hmm. It's something that people are talking about. But it's not breaking, right? And then he's trying to shift the editorial direction. Now, I think that a glaring example is the fact that there's nothing about Brett Kavanaugh, almost, you know, the assassination attempt on Brett Kavanaugh happening last week, right? There's nothing about that on, or as of this morning, there wasn't anything about that on the website, which is kind of, it's absolutely insane. Somebody literally tried to murder it was charged with attempted murder yesterday yesterday yeah not not two weeks ago right. yesterday and it's not even on the front page and there were things like look at the carolina panthers first transgender cheerleader that made the page i mean if, but not yeah. not like the, the possible assassination of a, a supreme court right justice. If, if jared kushner had met with mbs there from saudi arabia mm. five days ago uh, you know, if it was last year's regime, it would have said breaking Jared Kushner. <laughs> right, right, you know, right, yeah. Every single thing. And the other thing is, I I, I have kind of noticed that the, the chirons aren't as bad. Mm. That's starting to happen. And he really is, I think, that there was a story out of Axios that Licht has put some of the most outrageous talent from CNN on unnoticed. People like Brian Stelter and... Um, Jim Acosta in mm. Don Lemon that, you know, we are a nonpartisan news source. You shouldn't bring nonpartisanship into the news source. And I don't think I think maybe Jim Acosta will be able to handle it. 
in, into it. I think maybe Don Lemon will be like, you know, I like the gig. I like being able to go to the Hamptons on the weekend. I like my house. I like all of that. I don't think Brian Stelter can. Hmm. I think it's just him. I read Reliable Sources, his newsletter last night, and he called the hearings a hearing about a coup. That's... He called it a coup. Mm-hmm. Standard. That's a loaded that. word, mm-hmm. a left-wing point. There was a riot. You can call it a riot. Sure. People were unruly at the Capitol. There was no attempted coup at the Capitol yeah. on January 6th. There was absolutely, but that's a loaded word. And, mm-hmm. and I think that, that we're on Brian Stelter Firewatch. And that's why I carry this around <laughs> all the time now, Stu. You may get in your earpiece a notice as we're taping this that Brian Stelter has been fired. And we'll just pop this. Champagne. Champagne. Uh, yeah. I just I, I carry it around now. That's great. I mean, I, that's, uh, you know, it could happen. I, 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 I haven't seen as much of him lately. Now, I know he had his, the CNN Plus uh, show yes. uh, for, for a, a few weeks, and that thing dissolved. Has he been? He's doing his newsletter still. He's still doing his he show. He does a newsletter. I don't know if he's on. I, it would be interesting. Um, I've not looked at, at um, anything online to figure out how much time he's gotten on CNN. Yeah. But you're right. I, don't, I look up at the CNN TV in the office and I don't see his, his face, his round face on <laughs> CNN as much anymore as you used to. Yeah. Um, and that could be that, that, that it's come down from Lick. You don't have him on your show. Like he would go on and not talk about the media. Mm-hmm. Right. Like oh, his yeah. job it's is just... to be the media critic. And he would go on and talk about whatever he wanted to talk about, and they'd have him on to talk about it. Yeah, and, and it wouldn't make any sense. It's always been a very you know, strange thing. He's the guy. Yeah. And, and it's just, he's not a media critic. I said he's their media critic. He's a media cheerleader. He's the guy that grew up idolizing as a teenage nerd the, the, um, the anchors on ABC yeah. and CBS. Oh, and that's I mean, why he, has, he would admit to that. I mean, he still has Dan Rather on to talk about. <laughs> Integrity in the media. <laughs> it's the most bizarre thing. All right, last one for you here. Because right. Chris Lick, he, what's interesting about this is, like, I thought there was a chance. Discovery comes in and says, okay, this is way off the rails. Let's bring in somebody who really understands, you know, how to do journalism the right way, a news guy. That's not what they did. I mean, Chris Licht is, is he comes from, like, a comedy background, right? I mean, what, what, who is this guy, and is there any hope here? I, I think he worked a little bit in news. Mm-hmm. I, I think he, he had before. And I, and I think that, you know, they trust him is, I think, what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we said on this show a while back that I would have rather seen Mike Rowe in charge of. Oh, yeah. That in charge been, of that CNN, right? Like, yeah. that would just be fantastic. I, I think if he does the right thing and he knows, and maybe it's good that he's not like Zucker and in the news and putting his hand on the mm-hmm. editorial every single day. You know, if you remember Jeff Zucker, who was the head of CNN, used to sit in the newsroom all day while CNN was being done and give editorial direction. Yeah, that's a terrible Instead idea. of running the company. That's like if Glenn sat in the newsroom over there all day and said, yeah. you write this, you write that, you write this, you write that, you write this. Or the, or the owner of the sports, you know, the NFL franchise, like right. standing on the sidelines telling the coach what to do. Like, that's a t- that, that never works out. It doesn't. Do, you got to do your job. And that's what Zucker did. And I think that this guy licked isn't doing that. And, you know, I, I give him credit. You know, I thought he was going to come in and just fire everybody because that, that board member, the, the libertarian board member from mm. um, Discovery, yeah. is like hot to just get rid of Stelter. <laughs> sure. And I thought Licht was just coming in and said, I give him credit for letting Stelter hang himself, mm. which is, I think, what he's doing. He's, he's like, you guys are on notice. 
this is the new culture. If you don't fit in with the new culture, you're gone. Mm. And I will carry this until the day that that happens. And we know you're completely unbiased, obviously. I'm completely, I mean, I, I work for your... a completely unbiased news organization. <laughs> there you go. That's who yeah. we are. That's who we are here at The Blaze. Rob Eno is a Blaze Media critic. Uh, thanks so much for joining us and walking us through all the, all the background craziness at CNN. Thanks for having me on. You know, buying or selling a home is already really stressful. It's a big, big decision, big moment in your life. If you're talking about the financial future that you're looking to, whether it's retirement, whether it's helping put the kids through college, so many people now build all of that stuff around their home. And if you buy a home, let's say in a hot market like you have right now, and you overpay for it, and then the market corrects itself, you may, you may make a real mistake. If you're buying or selling a home, you need someone on your side who's going to take you out of the emotion of the moment and say, hey, look, you're paying too much for this one. Or, hey, we're selling this. Uh, you don't need to make that repair. There's no reason. You're just wasting your money. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find that person, to walk you through this transaction and make, uh, make it the best for you and your family. Go there now. Check it out. Uh, get the information you need at realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. More utter incompetence coming out of the Biden White House today. Uh, new report uh, from Politico talking about the formula crisis. Now, if you've been watching this show for a while, I talked to you. I don't remember when the first time I brought it up on the air was, but I went back through my phone and I went back through the text uh, with one of my friends who has a uh, had a preemie baby and has to sp- uh, feed them a specialized type of formula. And I have texts going back to mid-February about this uh, formula shortage where he was driving around the state trying to find any, anyone who had any formula who, uh, that was not recalled. The, uh, everyone seemed to know about it except Joe Biden. At least it seemed like he didn't know about it. He didn't do anything about it. Well, now they're basically admitting that, yeah, they didn't know anything about it. Uh, White House officials internally thought the situation was under control when a major infant formula plant shut down and issued a recall in February. Uh, this is their excuse. There was a million crises going on. Oh. Oh, I see. First of all, I hate to break this to you, but that's the job you have. I don't want you to have the job, but you have it. So the job is a lot of things you got to deal with at the same time. Not to mention that most of these crises are you're making. So that's and you're, either that or you're making each individual one worse. So, yes, when there's a lot of stuff going on, you may miss a thing or two here. And, you know, feeding babies when your other major goal is to kill them. I and mean, maybe feeding them isn't that important. Um, I, they didn't they say that they did not get it did not get elevated to a top level crisis until May. May. Now, again, I was texting with my friend in February about it. Now, that doesn't mean that he is one person uh, is, uh, of course, an indicator of a major crisis. However, everybody knew. I mean, they, they even say that they knew the president himself admitted he wasn't aware of the seriousness of the shortages until April. As Politico reported, Biden recently exploded at AIDS for being kept out of the loop for months. The uh, the people who make uh, over at Abbott, the formula makers, and we've gone through all of the other problems in the supply chain and, and trade restrictions and all of that stuff that led to a bunch of this. Uh, but they say that they knew right away it was going to be really bad in February. And for some reason, the White House did not jump all over this. Now, it's possible that Biden has such a terrible staff around him that they didn't alert him of this. But more more 
I mean, look, more, more likely they did, and he just either forgot or just didn't handle it and is now blaming them. I mean, that's the more likely scenario here, at least if you look back at everything else that's gone on in this administration so far. Past per- performance does a lot of times indicate future results, and in this case, that might be it. Um, the Big Short Investor, you remember the movie The Big Short? comes from a great book by Michael Lewis, who's a great writer. I mean, he's no conservative. He's very liberal, but he's a great writer, and I really like his books. He wrote the book, The Big Short, and then that, the movie came out as well. Um, and Michael Burry is a real guy who was featured in the movie. He was a guy who realized the housing crisis uh, was going to happen in advance, called it, and uh, made some money off of it, did very, very well. Uh, he is now... Uh, blasting President Biden and the Fed and the Treasury for their pandemic policies. He said uh, they are ignorant of history, scarily unaware of the inflation risk. He he shared a clip from Tucker Carlson's show that aired in February 2021. In the clip, Carlson highlighted a tweet from Burry warning the U.S. government was inviting inflation by spending aggressively and boosting the money supply, even though retail sales and manufacturing were rebounding. The economy was reopening and the costs of labor and logistics were soaring. Uh, Of course, this all played out exactly as as he predicted. Uh, And uh, I I guess I'm not all that surprised it did. Even some of the Obama economic advisors were saying this. Uh, It's interesting. um, It's it's fascinating, too, to watch how all this happens. Uh, Adam McKay was the guy who did the big short. He directed it. He's a guy that worked with Will Ferrell. He's he's quite an entertainer and he has a certain style uh, of uh, movie that he does. But you realize how much of this they just look for entertainment. Um, The Big Short is not exactly uh, um, loyal to the real story, although it's pretty close. He also did this movie, um, Don't Look Up, which is like this really thinly veiled climate change analogy um, about meteors hitting the earth. He also did the Lakers HBO series, which I watched. I'm not a Lakers fan, but I I did want to watch it. It was pretty entertaining about the early 80s. Uh, Lakers. But I mean, in that, it's just filled with lies. It, it lies for, with no reason, with no purpose. Uh, my favorite coach of all time is Paul Westhead, who is a coach of the Lakers in the you know, like 1979, 1980 season. He wound up taking over. And one of the biggest, one of the ballsiest decisions ever made by a head coach, he lost Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the league MVP, in the middle of the finals and decided to put his rookie point guard, Magic Johnson, in at center. And because he did that, and Magic had 42 points and 15 rebounds and seven assists, they won the championship in his rookie year as a rookie coach with a rookie point guard playing center. It's one of the ballsiest decisions ever made by any coach in in NBA history. And for no reason, the series takes it away from Westhead, makes him look like a bumbling fool the whole time, and hands it off to Magic Johnson and the former coach, both of which deny that that happened. It really is a bizarre, bizarre thing. And you realize when Hollywood gets in touch with something and gets a hold of it, the facts don't matter. It's entertainment that matters. And that's a little lesson for you as you watch the January 6th hearings tonight. Have you had this feeling over the past few months that the only thing standing in the way of utter chaos right now is the Supreme Court? I think a lot of us have, and you see how close that is from going away. I mean, court packing is a real danger to our democracy, and apparently we're finding out over the past 24 hours or so, having a court that's smaller is also a real risk. 
thanks to liberal activists. Core packing is basically a coup. It's, I mean, it's basically, uh, you know, people like Biden and Pelosi and Schumer who are working to pack the Supreme Court because they don't like the decisions that they make. They don't like the Constitution they're ruling on. If we don't stop them from tr- doing what they're trying to do, which is install four more justices so they can rig the system in their favor, you know it's going to be catastrophic for our country. We can't let that happen. Uh, we need people who are going to fight on our side to make sure it does not. First Liberty Institute has been on the front lines of this battle for as long as I've been aware of them. They have made so much of a difference, not only with uh, with the Supreme Court packing, but also the COVID restrictions around faith, uh, anything with religious freedom. They are right there. They were trying to get a, right now, getting a coalition of one million patriots to say no to court packing, no to the Supreme Court coup. Uh, Supreme Court coup is something you do not want. Go and sign up now. Uh, SupremeCoup.com, C-O-U-P, SupremeCoup.com. You can sign First Liberty's letter, SupremeCoup.com. Do it now. Make sure to review the podcast and follow along if you would. So many new people to the podcast this week. One of our biggest weeks of growth uh, since we started, and we really do appreciate you jumping on board. Um, We get a review from Puerto Rico. It's kind of great. Whatever. Five stars. Five shrieking stars. Uh, yes, and five stars, by the way, is the appropriate number of stars if you do review. You can watch all the shows on YouTube, by the way, as well. Uh, here's a comment. Uh, Stu, uh, your awesomeness incarnate, Sir Stu. Never stop. I shall never stop. Never stopping. Uh, why are you the only one providing this, this info? This is found nowhere else. WTF. Thank you, Stu. I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that. I wish I did. That would be... Uh, maybe I do know. Maybe there's an agenda. I'm just throwing this out there. It's possible there's an agenda from some places you get your news. Uh, just a crazy idea. Stu, letting them lie about Kavanaugh in the Senate hearing was the point of no return. Once they did that successfully, this was inevitable. The good thing is, of course, uh, while they did lie successfully, uh, Kavanaugh got in and he's there and hopefully he's learning from this. He's learning that he cannot kowtow to the left. He cannot come up with a nice little soft solution to these problems. He can't run away from the Constitution to, to improve the court's reputation. He can't pull a Roberts. Hopefully he's realizing this because they don't care if you're nice. They don't care. Just do what the right thing to do is, and that will make all of this turn out the best way possible. After that, you let the chips fall where they may. You, know, you, can't, you can't control every outcome. But what you can do is be honest and honor the Constitution. And as Kavanaugh and every other justice, including the three liberals, fully understand, there is absolutely no right to abortion in the Constitution. That Roe versus Wade was horribly decided. And it is in itself an abortion of a decision. And hopefully it will be overturned. One other abortion I want to tell you about uh, is uh, Studa's Power Hour. It's coming up here in just a few weeks, J- July 8th. If you want to be in studio with us, Sign up now, stewdoespowerhour.com, stewdoespowerhour.com. Back in a second. So Greg Abbott had this hateful plan to deposit many illegal immigrants in cities, liberal cities, where they could be taken care of as, as, as equals, as, of course, the left would do. And the left got very pissed off about this plan. They said it was hateful. They couldn't believe they were doing this. Oh, it was terrible. Well, the Biden administration has come up with a new plan, uh, and that plan is, of course, to do the exact 
same thing. They'll take immigrants and they'll put them into the cities instead of trapping them in the middle of nowhere in Texas. Uh, They're jokingly referring to it internally as the Abbott plan. Uh, and I will say, given their creative name uh, of Operation Fly Formula for Flying Baby Formula, this could be like Operation Drive Immigrant. I look forward to Operation Drive Immigrant coming to a city near you very soon. <laughs>